Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include home ownership rates versus rental vacancies, my interview with funding shields like Surrey on the latest wire and title fraud findings, and how the focus is still on the Federal Reserve. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Ready Price. For years, mortgage brokers have been logging into ReadyPrice's product and pricing engine to shop for the best loans across multiple lenders. Today, ReadyPrice offers the industry's most powerful independent universal delivery portal where brokers can shop, lock, and deliver the best loans all on one platform for free. It's a new industry utility that gives brokers more time to focus on building their business. Check them out at ReadyPrice.com. I'm part of the 4% who want to ban the teaching of math. We're a quarter of the country and will not be ignored. And that number is growing. Soon we'll be a fifth of the country. Okay, okay. While we're being quantitative, everyone knows that there are 50 stars on the United States flag. In 1945, there were 48, before Alaska and Hawaii were granted statehood. And someone should have told the folks who filmed or produced Oppenheimer. Because in a scene set in 1945... As Cillian Murphy's J. Robert Oppenheimer stands among a crowd waving American flags, they're actually bearing the wrong number of stars. Regardless, continuing with numbers, the South or Midwest, which also boasts the highest U.S. homeownership rates, are also the regions that have the highest rental vacancies in the nation. According to the U.S. Census Bureau's housing vacancies and homeownership data, the Midwest had the nation's highest homeownership rate at 70% in the first quarter of 2023, followed by the South at 67%, Northeast at 63%, and West at 62%. A bigger share of homeowners at 41.6% than renters at 28.7% had a bachelor's degree or higher. They also earned more money as median household income was $78,000 compared to renters $41,000. For today's interview, I want to welcome back to the show Ike Surrey, Chairman and CEO of Funding Shield LLC, to talk about the latest in wire and title fraud findings. Funding Shield's a loan-level fraud prevention and risk management company that provides technology-based solutions to help mortgage lenders manage the funding process and avoid fraud schemes. I'm I'm very happy to have you back on the show today, and and it's to talk about wire and title fraud, which continue to persist at uh, high rates in 2023, and actually. It, it came out that over 50% of loans in the second quarter have at least one risk issue. So it's evident that the risk of a fraud event has gone up despite stagnant or declining volumes compared to last year. And I guess I want to start this conversation by asking you, there's all these technological advancements going on out there. And despite this, why are we still seeing so much fraud? Yeah, so all these advancements take good technology and good technology is also available to bad players. So that's one of the major drivers, and bad players are quite nimble, cost-effective, and don't have to go uh, in mass, uh, you know, deployment of cost to to go take advantage of vulnerabilities. And fraud typically has had an inverse relationship with the markets uh, in many different ways. Technology advancements uh, are available, like I said, to the bad players. On the other side, when businesses are down, they're trying to compromise their their uh, workflows and their operations with right-sizing the firm. And that leads to more vulnerabilities. If you don't have the right tools for 
the troops that are protecting the business or can act in the interest of business have good cyber hygiene. Um, and, you know, they're not just there to detect fraud, but they're there to protect, identify, protect and remediate fraud. And in order to do that in, in a digital economy and a data driven business, you need to have those uh, balances and checks and tools in place. And so we continue to see uh, increase in fraud and it's only going to get worse. Well, before we talk about protecting against and remediating fraud, I, I want to dive into some statistics here. And Funding Shield recently released the second quarter of 2023 wire fraud analytics report. And I want to ask you, what were some of the key findings that stood out to you? Yeah, so in continuation of what we have pointed out earlier, uh, we continue to see uh, bad actors, players, taking advantage of the disjointed systems in the landscape where mortgage lenders and lenders operate. There's a lot of self-attested reps representations that are going on that need to be continually monitored. There's seepage there. Uh, there's a decentralized recording system. You know, that's also in play. Um, the key statistics that I can cite are, you know, in the, in the first half of 23, 2023 versus first half of 2022, we've seen serious growth in fraud. And that's about 12.6% growth is what we've seen compared to last year. And, and last year was already at an epidemic and alarming high levels. 15% um, change compared to Q1 of agents are uh, failing to keep their licenses active with states and insurance commissioners. That's maybe because of cost or low volume and so on, or just bad, bad actors in play. 6.7% 6, of agents also send lenders to a CPL that wasn't registered in title insurance systems. That's really bad. Or had incorrect data compared to what insurers had on file at that closing. That's just not in good play. There's a significant uptick of 22% compared to last quarter, highlighting the disjointed nature of data document transfers between agents, title insurers, and lenders. And lastly, there's 4.7% increase in issues with proof of insurance, including ENOs and commercial crime policies. All this leads to a very, very collusive, uh, exploitable, uh, and, and explains the condition of the market right now. What we're what we're uh, catching, identifying, preventing against. You also mentioned you know business email compromise, and and that's one of the fastest and most effective ways that fraudsters can scam parties yeah. in a transaction. How much money have companies been losing, or how much are companies at risk of losing? Well, it's a very large amount. You know, uh, one of the statistics that's um, routinely published in the market is from FBI. You know, they recently stated in their reports that about 800,000 800, complaints were filed, losses exceeded $10.3 billion. And while that number is being shared by them, they're also pointing out that the complaints have decreased by 5%. However, the dollar losses increased significantly by 49%. So you can see bad players going after bigger money. Um, we think that number is very significantly and grossly underreported, only because for many different reasons, most people don't file that report. Uh, if they're companies, um, it's bad reputation, uh, retention of clients, uh, audits, inspections, and things of that sort are triggered. So the number is very, very low compared to the statistics we're sharing, 
when 50 plus percent of transactions that we're monitoring, securing on behalf of clients in large portfolios on a daily basis have got issues that lead to fraud. So we know that number is uh, published, but significantly underreported. And speaking of big money, you recently announced a partnership with MasterCard to debut Payment Shield, which for those that don't know, is an industry agnostic payment verification tool that verifies any depositor's banking information directly with their financial institution. Congratulations on launching it. But why did that product not exist until now? Thank you. Um, thanks for the congrats. Well, it's a natural extension of what we're doing in the uh, this particular sector, which is the mortgage space, where, as I mentioned earlier, it's been uh, plagued with disjointed networks and systems of the past. And as rapid digitization and technology is improving, the quality of work, the you know three growth enablers are typically you know cost cutting tech and cybersecurity. The natural extension to us comes from where we started from securing lenders uh, wiring their monies into transactions and verifications of regulatory compliance issues. It's led to a point where um, this benefit, this ease, simplicity of a solution can be now provided to disbursements of money from a closing escrow account. Um, there's no one-stop shop that existed where one could, as a disbursement or clearing agent or an attorney, um, simply send a check or ACH or wire or Venmo and so on and do a digital identity verification of the person they're sending it to. So account holders who want to receive payment can consent to sharing data, flows, um, that have been used for receiving payment, verify assets, but never for fraud prevention services in the past, now can take advantage of this. We combine the ability to confirm a payee identity back to the account ownership to determine if the amount is good to pay or not. And this leads to natural extension of in one closing transaction of a home purchase, the lender needs to use these services for their monies going into um, uh, an escrow account. A consumer buying a house, their down payment needs to be secured as well, because without their down payment, there is no transaction. And when the money comes into the escrow account, it being dispersed against is a very vulnerable um, workflow where a safe, secure, seamless way of dispersing that money in a flexible one-stop shop manner is an ability that we're delivering where MasterCard has 95% of the market covered uh, in the universe of payments. And we've got 95% of the mortgage players and people, uh, in the transaction, mortgage transaction, are covered by us in our sphere. So a combination of that is pretty instrumental in, in providing extended services to the existing clients that we have and new clients that are onboarding. It certainly seems very instrumental, and that's well put. So I want to close, Ike, by asking you, what should our listeners keep an eye on when it comes to fraud as we move into the latter half of this year? Well, you know, I, I try and start with saying that the the um, our listeners and every American is a dream of buying a home. And outside of the mortgage uh, industry itself, uh, the, the U.S. is under attack from internal and external actors, uh, bad players uh, using vulnerabilities in information technology and, and workflows to rob people and rob companies. So we're going to continue to see that rise. Cybersecurity is going to continue to be a very important subject. The digital identity in all aspects of our lives will be a hot topic. Um, AI, fake news, AI-based articles, 
ChatGPT will continue to add um, solutions, but at the same time will also open up door for more um, opportunities for bad players to take advantage of those disjointed or unreliable uh, data sets or guardrails. Um, business email compromise will continue to grow because sophisticated schemes are going to continue to grow from, we've seen them grow from synthetic ID to voice uh, recognition being uh, penetrated to um, privacy licenses or source data not being from the real source itself, but just a resell, uh, breach of data and transmission. So as Fed effort, or federal, um, you know, the Fed efforts uh, continue to increase and unemployment take effect, more individuals will face financial hardship, increasing financial stress, and there'll be more room for fraud. And so it's going to be more and more important that everybody uh, takes a listen to uh, what a cyber hygiene is all about. It's, it's of utmost importance. Uh, people will want to talk about having a good balance in all parts of their organization. Um, cyber security is not going to be just about uh, identifying a problem, but actually defending from it, notifying parties, and remediating those problems. Um, so that's where it's headed. Well, for those that are looking for better cyber hygiene, why don't you give us uh, best contact info or next steps if they want to get in touch with Funding Shield? Yeah, I think uh, we we uh, are available at FundingShield.com. Uh, definitely drop us an email at uh, info at FundingShield.com. We're seeing a lot of our existing clients and new clients um, taking a deeper dive into, you know, how do you survive in these markets where it's become more and more important to figure out what your growth enablers are. And obviously, uh, there are three of them. Um, there's cost cutting right away. There's tech improvements to uh, speed his name of the game in order to get that going. And then at the same time, making sure that there's cybersecurity involved in it, because without cybersecurity involved with tech and cost-cutting, you're really setting yourself up for failure. So you need operational excellence in all aspects of your workflow. The security um, folks that are in involved in your team don't need to be just risk managers, but they need to be participating like business leaders to contribute at, at the bottom level, the bottom line of the company. Um, and... You know, the, the, the responsibility, all of this lies with leadership, ops, and not only just your uh, employees, but also your clients and relationship. You have to work in an environment where you have to create a culture uh, where you've got cooperation, coordination, collaboration, and cohesiveness in place. The tools need to be simple, secure, safe, need to have speed, need to be scalable and sustainable. And there are vulnerabilities on each step of the workflow. So you need to be able to audit, identify, be real-time, prevent, remediate, and then archive for blockchain purposes that's coming up with provenance feature so that you've got decent artifacts that have been verified for future use. Um, all of that is going to lead, lead into solutions that are similar to ours that are evolving for providing those growth-enabling features. Awesome. Thank you very much, Ike. Thanks for having me. Though markets fully anticipate a 25 basis points hike tomorrow, the focus will be on Chair Powell's follow-up press conference for clues on the Fed's thoughts on additional tightening, given recent signs of cooling inflation. Short-term interest rate traders have incorrectly predicted forward-looking Fed policy three times since last June, and the market is still undecided regarding the strategic direction of rates. 
the yield curve, which depicts the difference between short-term rates and long-term rates, violently shifted shape in the corrective aftermath of each false start event, hurting MBS traders in the process. Over the last 12 months, there has been a lot of talk around when the U.S. economy will fall into a recession as a result of the Fed's rapid monetary policy tightening. While last year saw two negative quarters of growth, the strong labor market kept that period from officially being classified as recessionary. Recently, lower-than-expected headline retail sales in June were explained away by upward revisions to prior months, as well as controlled group sales coming in twice market expectations. E-commerce sales were up 1.9% for the month and 9.4% over the last year, in a sign that consumers are still spending. Industrial production continues to operate in a challenging environment, as higher rates have eased demand for big-ticket durable goods. Overall production for consumer goods was down 0.7% over the last year. The Federal Open Market Committee events will dominate markets this week, but we do have a lot of data as well. We get house price data today, GDP on Thursday, and the PCE inflation index on Friday. We learned yesterday that the preliminary numbers for the U.S. were mixed, with the S&P U.S. manufacturing PMI showing an uptick and the services PMI number drifting lower but remaining in expansionary territory. Today's economic calendar includes updates such as non-manufacturing surveys from the Philadelphia Fed for July, Redbook same-store sales, May house price indices from Case Shiller and FHFA, July Consumer Confidence, Richmond Fed Manufacturing and Services, Revenue Indices for July, and a $43 billion five-year note auction by the U.S. Treasury. We begin Tuesday with agency MBS prices worse about an eighth and the 10-year yielding 3.90 after closing yesterday at 3.86%. The two years at 4.87%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. A man walks into a Dublin pub and the bartender asks him, What'll you have? The man says, Give me three pints of Kilkenny, please. Kilkenny, please. So the bartender brings him three pints and the man proceeds to alternately sip one, then the other, then the third until they're gone. He then orders three more. The bartender says, Sir, I know you like them cold. You don't have to order three at a time and they can keep an eye on it and when you get low, I'll bring you a fresh cold one. To which the man says, you don't understand. I have two brothers, one in Chicago and one in Boston. We made a vow to each other that every Saturday night we'd still drink together. So right now my brothers have three pints too, and we're drinking together. The bartender thought that was a wonderful tradition, and every week the man came in and ordered three beers. Then one week he came in and only ordered two. He drank them and then ordered two more. The bartender said to him, I know what your tradition is, and I'd just like to say that I'm sorry that one of your brothers has passed. To which the man said, Oh, my brothers are fine. I just told the missus that I'd quit drinking. <laughs> Thanks again to today's sponsor, Ready Price. Borrowers need independent mortgage brokers now more than ever. And Ready Price offers the industry's most powerful universal delivery portal that gives them the edge they need. Don't miss out. Shop, lock, and deliver with multiple lenders all in one place for free at readyprice.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, Search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.